found your way to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders Live. We're talking about the hottest topics of the day in policy and faith and culture. And we're always looking at it from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. And boy, this is a great time to be doing that. In fact, it's Good News Friday here at Wall Builders. And David Barton, America's premier historian, is going to share some with us. Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor, is going to share some with us. My name's Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator. And I'm just here to ask the questions, but might have some good news to add as well. David, Tim, I'm looking forward to today. I know a lot of folks out there could use some good news right now, but um, there's still a lot of good things happening right now as well, and it's important for us to see those um, and, and, and share those with folks. David Barton with our first piece of good news today. Where are we headed, bro? This comes from Taylor, Texas. and Taylor, Taylor Texas, Texas? That's not far from me, man. That's like 45 minutes from me. Oh, oh listen, I, I've got real memories of Taylor, Texas, Growing up as a kid, when we were working on the ranch all the time, we went to Taylor because it was the biggest city around us that had a mill, and we would go there and get the cattle feed ground. And I remember actually having to figure cattle feed to say, okay, if we want 8% protein, then we got to add this much cottonseed, and we add this much corn and this much syrup. And I actually would figure the proteins that we wanted for the cattle when we'd go get it ground there. So I remember Taylor very well. And it was the biggest town around, but it's not a big town. It, it is definitely still a country town. And interestingly, every year they have a Christmas parade in Taylor. And the Christmas parade is sponsored by the Ministerial Association in Taylor. And so you've had the Chamber of Commerce, you've had the City Council, you've had the city all be part of this this Christmas parade until this year. And this year, during the Christmas parade, there was a float that was to be entered that was drag queens singing Christmas carols in the parade. And the minister said, no, 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 no. We're in charge of this parade, and we don't require everybody to be religious, but we do require that you have pro-family values and that you not be anti-biblical in what you're teaching and what you're, what you're trying to do. So all, everybody's welcome in the parade, except you just can't cross a pretty clearly defined line. And so when, when they said no to this the float, then the city backed off. The Chamber of Commerce pulled out. All of a sudden, it's all going the, the other way. And, you know, everybody's kind of siding with, with the drag queens. And, and and we've had some some stories on this in the last couple of months. It's just kind of amazing how drag queens have gotten into, you know, even young children and parents taking young children to see these drag queens in libraries, et cetera. And so the pastors here raised the standard and said, no, we're not doing that. And, and first off, that's really good news that you've got a group of pastors saying, nope, we're, we're protectors of the community. We're supposed to help protect the moral values of the community, and we're going to do that. We're helping provide great stuff for the community. That's why they've been in charge of this parade for so many years. But now you have all this where the, now they're under attack. Well, it's, it's interesting, the, the in-your-face kind of sexualization that's happening, but now we're starting to see pushback. I'm not sure we would have seen this kind of pushback even a year or two ago. Uh, I think there would have been this thing of, oh, we love everybody, and, and, and so we're tolerant, and you know Jesus loves everybody. And, and, but now we're saying that, no, these guys on the LGBTQIA plus side have gone so aggressive and so bold and so in-your-face and so intolerant of our views that we're starting to see pushback on this. Uh, here's another one in, in Jacksonville, Florida. And Jacksonville is not considered to be a very conservative part of Florida, but the Jacksonville schools just cut their ties with the LGBT group there over a very explicit card game that was being played. And it was a card game that was completely inappropriate. I can't even describe it on, on, on what we got here with, with the program. But needless to say, if you set off a fairly liberal school district to the point where they cut ties, literally cut the ties with that group, 
it must have been pretty bad, and it was. And, and so Jacksonville, we're seeing that. In addition to what's going in Jacksonville, uh, up in Michigan, a school district up in Michigan, uh, in Dearborn, and Dearborn is not certainly a not what we would consider a Judeo-Christian school district, and they have outraged over the sexually explicit books in the library. And so what we're seeing here just in the last few weeks is we have really seen a lot of people standing up and starting to push back. Now, we talked a couple of years ago, the polling was out, that 77% of traditional value Americans self-censor over this issue for fear of being attacked. Well, now they're not caring if they're getting attacked because they've seen how aggressive and how in-your-face the LGBTQIA plus movement has become. And so here's a poll that came out just this week, and it says that 75% of Americans polled have said that the transgender movement has gone too far. So this really has gone a lot further than anybody thought, thought it was going to. And what I find significant in this is the fact that this is what the Bible told us about long ago. And so when you go back, and we, we talked, I think, three or four years ago about this in, in Genesis 19 and in Judges 19, that there were groups then that had this viewpoint, and, and their sexuality is what they were all about. And it wasn't traditional sexuality. It was LGBTQIA plus sexuality. And they were completely intolerant of anyone who did not have their opinion. They were willing to coerce everybody else to their viewpoint. They weren't willing to live and let live and be let alone. And, and when we did polling on this three years ago before a Supreme Court case and helping the legal group that was doing that, we found out that overwhelmingly Americans just want to live and let live. Just, look, don't force your views on us, and, and, and that's fine. But that's not the way these groups have been. They have been in your face. We're going to force this on you. You're going to accept it. And not only are you going to accept it, you're going to affirm it, and you're going to participate with us. And that's why I think Americans are starting to say, hey, 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 wait, wait this, this isn't what we thought was going to happen. And so just in the last month, I've seen just a, a slew of these stories coming out where the schools and parents and cities and, and places you wouldn't expect are starting to push back and saying, hey, we're not part of this. And I think that's really good news that we're starting to see this pushback. Good to see. Good to see. All right, Tim, where are we headed for your first piece of good news? Well, guys, this one is an article uh, identifying that, and this is the middle of November since the article came out, uh, and this is just this one outlet. They found over 100-plus school boards that have flipped red nationwide. And so looking at the election, we identified a lot of problems with what happened for lots of reasons. But one of the, the good takeaways from election night was that there were a lot of great pickups on the local level, especially with school boards. And so this is identifying more than 100 school boards have flipped red that, that were Democrat, that were very liberal, that were very secular, and now they flipped red. And, and the article goes through and, and outlining and identifying some of this and some where it happened. But what I want to point out, I have a second article, and this one says, Keller ISD School Board bans books on gender fluidity, considers arming school staff. So this is since the election. You now have new school board members that are in place, and, and this is actually identifying. There are four new school board members that were on this board and there was a, a big turnout uh, as they were considering banning books, removing books on gender fluidity. And why would that matter? Because when you're telling children that your human anatomy is only a figment of your imagination and has nothing to do with your sexual identity. And so just because you have the anatomy, the autonomy of a boy doesn't mean that you aren't a girl or you can't be a girl. And they said, that's crazy. We shouldn't be telling kids this. And so... The discussion was banning these books. Well, they voted, in fact, to ban these books. And they're, I think at the time of this article, they're saying it's going to be a week or two before they come back and they take a vote 
on whether or not they're going to arm their teachers and some school employees. Nonetheless, this is something that is happening after we saw some of the the changing of the school boards with this last election. So guys, we have spent a lot of time talking about the election. Certainly several weeks ago, we spent lots and lots and lots of time on radio talking about the last election. One of the things we identified then was that a lot of school boards have now changed the dynamic, the makeup of the school boards. And even this article I just identified and referenced, they have more than a hundred plus school boards that flipped red nationwide. Well, there's more than that that flipped. This is just the ones they identified. And now we are seeing this already begin to make a difference with some of what's going to happen in these schools. And if, if <laughs> I, I know this seems ridiculous to have to say, but imagine how great it would be if we got back to in schools teaching that boys and girls were a real thing, that boys and girls existed. Uh, there was a movie I was not allowed to watch growing up. As an adult, I did see this. The movie was Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And anybody that's seen it, they might remember. <laughs> I'm not going to say this on air. It might be offensive to somebody. But literally kindergarten class, he walks in, and this child in the kindergarten class explains the difference between the male and female anatomy, and that's boys and girls. Well, it used to be that simple. It wasn't complicated. And the fact now that there are at least school districts that are saying, let's make sure we are not bringing in books that are that are indoctrinating with uh, unrealistic things this is a major positive step. And so even though right, we can look and see other disappointments, other frustrations along the way, obviously lots of issues in the nation, lots of things. We need to stay in the fight, get engaged, and and help turn around. There are some positives that are happening. And certainly the school board level is one of the places we're seeing a lot of victories along the way. That's a, that's a very unusual Good News Friday, Tim, because usually we're saying – you know, hey, great victories. Here's who's coming in. We th- hope and think they're going to do these things. Or we're saying, hey, we had a good victory, you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, or whatever, and here's a good piece of legislation. We're seeing good news for elections and in the same year getting good stuff out of those uh, districts, or at least good stuff proposed. So things are happening fast. L- literally weeks after the election. And this one, they they did ban those books from the school. Now, they haven't yet taken the vote on whether or not they're going to arm their teachers and employees, but they've already banned these books. So literally election weeks later they're already saying like these people they know why they were elected they they ran on removing some of this propaganda some of this nonsense from schools and so they are working to make a difference already so this is great news and remind everybody out there that you can go and be part of the school board meeting and you don't have to have a child in that government-run school to be part of the meeting or to even run or be elected for school board if you pay taxes in that district that actually gives you legal standing that that's why you can be there because I'm paying for this. And if you're paying for it, you can have a say in what happens and you can actually run and be on the school board. So if, right, regardless of if you are a homeschool family, your grandparents with no kids, your kids go to Christian school, private school, it doesn't matter whether your kids are in that government-run school or not, They, you can have a voice and you can make a difference on what they are doing at that government-run school. Very good news. Okay, quick break, guys. We've got a lot more good news to get to, so stay with us, folks. You're listening to Wobble. Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation. 
about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity. If you're interested in having a Wall Builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com and there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers' bios to events that are already going on. And there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms. Go to the Wall Builders website and bring a speaker to your area. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. America is a special and unique nation. The average length for a constitution in other countries is only 17 years, but we've had ours for over two centuries. And our 4% of the world's population produces 24% of the world's gross domestic product. And every year we produce more inventions and technology than the other 96% of the world combined. In 1831, Alexis de Tocqueville of France came to America, traveled the country, and in his famous book, Democracy in America, reported, the position of the Americans is therefore quite exceptional, and it may be believed that no democratic people will ever be placed in a similar one. This is the origin of the phrase American exceptionalism, and affirms that America is unique because of the distinctive ideas on which we have been based, including inalienable rights, individualism, limited government, and the importance of religion and morality. For more information about American exceptionalism, go to wallbuilders.com. We're back on Wall Builders. It's Good News Friday. Thanks for staying with us. Let's dive into some more good news. Back over to David. Well, we're in the middle of football season, and in football season, it's coming to an end, and so we're having decisions over which teams did really well, which teams didn't do well, and if they didn't do well, they're looking for new coaches. And one of the teams that wanted a new coach was University of Colorado. And so University of Colorado announced their new coach, and their new coach is primetime Deion Sanders. Now, growing up with Cowboys, I remember primetime. He's the only pro player I know that I can remember, and maybe there's more, but he's the one I remember that would actually play on defense and on offense. I don't remember pro players playing both ways. Now, high school, yeah, we did that. But pro players, I, I don't I don't know anybody with that kind of talent. And what's Wait, really— Wait, David, it's better than that, man. It's better than that. Not only did he play offense and defense— he played baseball. So he, oh, you're remember, right. he went and played some professional baseball, too. And they said, they said, which one are you going to play, football or baseball? And he said, both. Yep, that's right. So, he was <laughs> the guy a, was amazing. Yeah. He was a great athlete. And, and he's, uh, you know, I was really surprised when he got into coaching. Was it, is, Tim, was it Appalachian State he was coaching this year? I think it was Appalachian I, State. I think so. It was, a, it was a Texas school, I think, is where he was. Yeah, it, it was a small school. And I thought, man, how, how's he going to? do not being in the spotlight, you know, because this, (laughs) (laughs) I doubt that there was a single televised game in anything they had, but, and I didn't really think of him as being a coach kind of a guy, you know, a guy that would really want to take and and shape people because he's been the spotlight for so long. So now here's Colorado. And and so they had the press conference. I want you to hear how he started the press conference at the University of Colorado. This is what Dion said this week. Well, I'm not lost for words. I'm just trying to seize the moment. Wow. Don't you ever tell me what God ain't. Don't you ever tell me his limits. Don't you ever tell me what you're up against. 
and what you can't do. And all the persons in the world, God chose me. For that, I thank you. For that, I love him. For that, I magnify him. For that, I glorify him. For that, I praise him. For that, I owe him. Each and every day, I'm trying to please him. Oh, that's good. So that's the way Deion Sanders opens his press conference before he even says anything else. He goes directly to, and I'll tell you, I've seen a real phenomenon in the last year, maybe the last couple of years, where we're becoming a lot more bold in acknowledging God, athletes especially. I've seen that with athletes, and I hope everybody else will start doing that too. I hope Christians start wearing their, their faith on their sleeve in the sense that you're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's one of the, the scriptures we're told in Romans 1.16, that we don't hide our light under a, a bushel, as Jesus said in, in Matthew 5, that we start putting our faith out there. And I really appreciate Dion doing that. And, and you know, that was just the first opening part of the press conference. Yeah, and, and just to clarify, it was uh, Jackson State, it was Mississippi. He lives in Texas, uh, coached in Mississippi. But what is also great, we're just playing a small clip from the press conference, he went for, I think, nine minutes, something around there, and, and, and I watched the whole thing. And what was also so refreshing about it is he said, look, you know, our, our team, we're going to be different. We're going we're gonna to be gentlemen. The, the, the guys on the team, they're going to hold the doors open for other students on campus. The girls on campus, they're going to hold the doors open for you. He said, you know, other adults, teachers, professors on campus, they're going to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am. He said, if they don't, you come talk to me and I'm going to take care of them. He said, <laughs> we're, we're going to make sure that we are raising up men and I mean, just the the whole thought of what he's trying to do with a culture and, and and restoring respect, which made me think certainly that the founding of America, that the founding fathers, morality was a very big deal to them. Morality, uh, respect was a part of morality. Uh, I can think of uh, even over in, in England, when we think of uh, abolishing slavery and William Wilberforce, he's often known, right, m- most famously is in the slave trade. But one of the things he wanted to do in England, he said, we need to restore manners. He said, we want to make manners fashionable again. And this is something that has largely been lost in culture. It used to be known as part of, right, that the Southern manners or Southern uh, hospitality on some level, that the yes, ma'am, the no, ma'am, the yes, sir, the no, sir. And it's largely been lost in culture. Well, I'll insert there that one of the things I read from Sam Adams years ago was that he he said he could actually tell whether culture was on, on, headed on the way up or down by simply watching the manners of young people. And if the manners of young people were, were falling apart, then the country was going to fall apart. So that's interesting, Tim, that the, you point to manners and that Dion was saying that. So uh, with that being said, there, there was much more positive stuff from the press conference um, than even what's highlighted. But, but that's your point. Certainly, it's so refreshing that you do have people that are much more bold in their faith when, when we are seeing some of the greatest cultural battles we've seen in the history of this nation and and really unprecedented on some levels when there's a decay of morality when there's certainly been a decay of manners and respect for individuals to see someone with a level of prominence as primetime Deion Sanders in a press conference opening his press conference first of all with acknowledging God and who God is and God's plan and purpose and how God works in people and what God does but as he goes on and lays out part of his vision and his philosophy it is so encouraging and refreshing. And, and certainly, right, this, this doesn't mean that we think Deion Sanders is perfect and hasn't made mistakes. Okay, that's a given. But the idea that someone is promoting the things he's promoting yeah. with a kind of platform that he has, that is so refreshing to see at a time when so often the headlines we are seeing is about the 
the crazy crimes that are happening around the nation and, and the assaults that are happening and the robberies that are happening and, and the lack of respect, the lack of values, the lack of morality, the lack of manners, to see someone going the exact opposite direction and, and really taking the vow that he's going to train this football team to be the exact counter to that. Uh, it, again, so refreshing, Rick. I know one of the things uh, that, that you have talked about in reference even on, on some of your front porch lives, the notion of masculinity and Jordan Peterson had a great explanation of masculinity. Um, and if, if you don't have the capacity to do violence, then, then you're you're not really masculine, right? The, the, the fact that you're restraining yourself from violence if you can't do violence, that that's not impressive. But it's the people who are true masculinity is the people who have a, a great ability to do much harm and they voluntarily control it until they need to rise up against the evil and suppress and stop the evil. That's what true masculinity looks like. Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, it's not just that he's standing up and, and speaking truth and honoring God and all that, but that he's going to be training up this generation of young men on this on this team. That is so cool. And, you know, as you were listing the things he said, come find me if they, you know, don't open the doors and aren't polite and do those things. I, the words that came to mind was old school. But in reality, it's just good values. We think of it as old school, but it's just good values. It's just going back to those good values. And there's probably not, I mean, you'd have to really be just jaded and and really out there to not hear that and go, yeah, I want men like that in in on the campus where my daughter's going or where my young man's going. You know, I want I want the, the guys at the school to, you know, because they always look up to the football team. I want it to be those kind of young men that the, that the other young men on campus are looking up to. That's just really, really cool, really encouraging. Great piece of good news, Tim. All right, David, what's our uh, what's our next piece of good news, bro? Well, hey, uh, since that was my dad's piece of good news that I was just oh, commandeering oops, at right. the end. You had so much. Yeah, you just kind of took it over, so I, I just automatically thought it was yours. Well, it's, it's, it's it, in fairness, it's because I watched the whole press conference, and my dad read the article. So he was like, here's what the article says. And I was like, no, Dad, it was so much better it than that. It was even better great. than that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, uh, guys, this one is really unique. Uh, it actually comes from the Epic Times, and they, they do a really good job of finding some really awesome stories uh, that makes it easy for us to highlight some of these along the way. The, the title of this one says, Florida Paraglider spots woman and her car sinking in a canal, executes emergency landing to save her life. Now, already paragliding is a super fun thing to watch. Obviously, it can be very dangerous. Uh Guys, for me, that seems like such an adventure that I would love to do. I've done some parasailing, never done paragliding, and I I think it's still called paragliding when there's that motor behind it as well, uh, and people are just kind of flying. Anyway, super cool stuff. Nonetheless, there is a gentleman I am almost positive I'm going to mispronounce his name. I apologize. Cristiano Paquette, uh, 44, and he was gliding uh, in October. It was a Sunday, and he was looking, and he saw that there was a woman in her car. It was in the canal, and the car was sinking in the canal. So it's going under the water. It was freezing temperatures, apparently, where they were. And in the midst of it, also, there were alligators in the canal as well. He was with a paragliding uh, team, is what this article says. And so he lets the team know, we got to go down. Somebody's in trouble. Well, Dad, I know you can acknowledge some of the reality of the dangers of this uh, as somebody who's done. <laughs> yeah, dead. that's right. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, not just the alligator part, although we've been gotten in the water after alligators. Yeah, but I was going right. to say, no, what what he pointed out is that when he was going down, there were power lines mm. and there were trees uh, where this was. 
And so, right, it, for somebody flying, and I'm saying this because you have flown a small plane for decades. Yep. Uh, you, if you're going to have to make an emergency landing, the emergency landing, you do not want it to be by power lines. You don't want it to be in the middle of trees. You want it to be open. And this is what actually Cristiano said is it, we were looking for some open area, some green grass. That's ideally where you want to go down. And they didn't have that luxury that it was uneven terrain. Uh, the wind was hitting the trees and power lines, creating rotors where the wind becomes like a strong ocean. It can throw us on the ground like falling from the sky. Actually, the fabric of his glider, the, the wings from the glider buckled in the wind and yet the paraglider, he said he believes it was divine help. He said, God was with me uh, because I was so calm. Wait a minute. The wings of the paraglider buckled in the wind? That's what it says. Oh, The fabric wings goodness. of Paquette's glider buckled in the wind. Because at that point, you lose your airfoil and you right. lose your ability to stay. Oh, my goodness. Right. Oh, wow. Now, we also, like the article doesn't say, like, I mean, did, it, did it do this when you were three feet off the ground, right? Or when you're 300 feet off the ground? I, I, I don't know. The article didn't give those details, but what's also super interesting about this is uh, he remains calm, goes over, and, and and this is this is him telling the story. Uh, he recalled, Jesus once asked a blind man, what do you want? Knowing full well he needed help with his seeing. He said, that's when I asked a lady, do you need help? And she said, <laughs> yes. And I love he's using the analogy. Like, if, well, we know exactly, like, that's a silly question. You know exactly what they need, but uh, he called for help. Uh, to a neighbor, they brought rope, and he was able to go down there. He also outlined that as he was going down, that she was inside a canal, out of view of the neighbors. There were alligators there. The water was freezing. I believe God is the only one that orchestrated everything. God did not want that woman to die that day because I was her only chance to survive. As he's going down, he says, there was a big canal. I slid right down it. Thank God the window was open on my side, and I crawled out really quickly he told the station, I was trying to keep my head above water, uh, and I did from 7.30 until 7-something in the morning when the light came out and the gliders found me. Anyway, he ends up saving this woman's life. But guys, I mean, just absolutely heroic and incredible. The the way he's flying, he's putting down providential moments, the, the wings of his glider collapse, and yet somehow he lands and survives. He goes down there, the window on his side just happens to be open. I mean, the, the whole thing is crazy, but in a very awesome providential sense. And we we talk about this often, that we know that God is still working, God is still moving, God is still doing things. And this is such a fun prime example where Cristiano Paquette, even even in his explanation, where he's such a man of faith that he's explaining how he knew God used him and God used him to save this lady. It's just such a fun story of what an individual can do and how they can be used by God to make a difference in those around them. Mass suggests that that took a little bit of masculinity to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, to be willing to do that, to, to have that kind of capacity, to be willing to jump into a situation like that, that's a good deal. And that really is being a man in that sense where you can make a difference and you use that physical ability to do it. That's that really kind of ties up several stories we've talked about today, and there's good character traits in all of it. That's great. Folks, we got more good news for you at our website, wallbuilderslive.com. Just click on the archive section there, and you can scroll through those previous programs and get some of those Good News Fridays or those Foundations of Freedom Thursdays or some of the interviews we have on Monday through Wednesday. But check it all out at wallbuilderslive.com. Again, that's also the place to make your contribution. We really do appreciate you. There's so many of you across the country that – make that monthly contribution. Some of you do one-time donations or once a year. I'm telling you, it goes a long way. We do a lot with a little. In other words, we don't raise as much money as a lot of folks do and a lot of organizations out there, 
But, boy, we make it count. We reach a lot of people with good education, inspiration, equipping people with making a difference in their community. So we appreciate you being a part of that when you donate at wallbuilderslive.com. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Be sure and check out those archives for the weekend. If you need to get some more pick-me-ups and listen to some more good news, it's all available for you there at wallbuilderslive.com. Thanks for listening to Wallbuilders Live.